Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. We are a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. Hey, we don't claim to be experts. We are walking this journey with you, and we're just trying to become our best selves, the same as you are. Uh, I am Scottage. We have... Big Joe. And Mr. 3000. And Mr. 3000 with us today. Hey, um... So one of the things that we that we uh, were just kind of laughing about and everything was that we're all football fans, and we we went through this football season, and we were all in this football pool. And for those of you who don't care about football pools, just give us a couple seconds because I need to let you know that Jimbo had, uh, and that's Mister Three Thousand over there. He had second place locked up right up until the very last week, and. I the, can't believe you're going here, but for, right. <laughs> the, it, it was just a win-loss pool. So every week you're picking these 16 games that are going to win or lose. The very last week I go 14 and two and pull out second place, drop him to fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! It was fun. It was great. <laughs> yeah, when I got in and looked at the standings, I'm like, no way. <laughs> 14 and two, man. I picked the wrong week to have a bad week. <laughs> Jimbo, what you get for being in fourth place? A high five. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a high five, too. Yeah, moved, <laughs> yeah moving to fourth is not a paid position. What What's newest in our life, I guess, is going on that, that uh, we're all celebrating is that Big Joe has added a new family member. Kendall Joe has joined... Joined the official outside of the womb world. He's now what, 14 days old? 14 days old right now. And she's awesome. She's beautiful. Lots of fun. Very tiring and exhausting, but lots of fun. Yeah, life definitely changes. A great, definitely a great experience. For you. Yeah. Heidi. <laughs> Heidi enjoys being the mom, but the whole experience of the... Uh, <laughs> Getting up every two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal, for sure. Yeah. Well, you guys are great parents. You'll do, you'll do great. I'm thrilled that she's, that she's joined you. So let me, let me toss you this out to you. I, I read this, uh, this quote in an article, and I, I thought I would toss it out to you guys and just, just see what you were thinking. Gene Simmons. Did you guys hear about what Gene Simmons had said? The guy from Kiss. The guy from Kiss, yes. I had not. The guy who is very, very proud of his tongue. He, he wrote this about Prince's death. He, he put out a tweet and he said, but how pathetic that he killed himself. Don't kid yourself. That's what he did. Slowly, I'll grant you. But that's what drugs and alcohol is, a slow death. And then he took a lot of flack over that. People saying that he wasn't being sensitive and courteous and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a guy from Kiss and you're, expe- <laughs> you're expecting <laughs> some sort of sensitivity. But, um, but he did later then tweet his regrets. He said, look, I, I apologize. I have a long history of getting very angry at what drugs do to the families and friends of the addicts. And so he, he had tweeted that about Prince. Gene Simmons, as crazy as he is, he's dry. I was just about to ask that. He never did any drugs? Or? He never did drugs. He, ne- he's not, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He, he never got into that stuff. And uh, at least that's what, that's what he says. And I mean, he seems to have a, 
he's never had anybody deny that. So, I mean, you would figure after that long of a rock and roll career that somebody would have been showing a little bit of light of, of a different perspective. But, but yeah, it's, it's not something that he, that he does. You would think he would have some sort of foundation off of which to say that being in that, being in that world. And there's a whole lot of stories that come from that world of people that, you know, we, we hear stories regularly about folks in that world that, that die or pass away or, you know, overdoses or things like that. But I don't disagree with what he said. You know, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a slow death, just it like he said. It could be slow or it could be quick. <laughs> yeah. One I mean, wrong batch and you don't get that slow <clears throat> aspect of it all. Well, even if you get drunk and drive down the road and smack a tree, I mean, your addiction can kill you in many different ways. Absolutely. And it is obviously the way his first tweet came out of, let's just be brutally honest, he killed himself. That's a tough thing because addiction, alcoholism, drugs, it is an illness. Prince was sick for a lot of years. And unfortunately, a lot of it was people knew, but at the same time, it was one of those deals where nobody knew it was that bad. Like even his family and all those people that were mourning around his place in Minnesota all those days after his funeral, like nobody knew the extent of it all, that all that was happening behind the scenes where there was that daily, he needed to get high every single day. And that's one of those right. things like if you don't bring it up, like Joey and I are lucky enough to, I know this is not a meeting, but we go to meetings to talk <laughs> about this stuff. But if you're not willing to ask for the help, we don't know you're sick. So that's one of those things where it's almost like a selfish thing for Gene Simmons to say, where he's selfishly pissed off that Prince killed himself because of this disease. I look at it a little bit differently because I've seen the other side where a lot of people, maybe they do come into the rooms and do ask for help, but then disappear and fade away and you never see them again. They aren't able to accept the fact that they're powerless over something. And if you're Prince and you're worth multi-millions of dollars and you're very popular selling out arenas all over the world, it's got to be very hard to separate yourself and realize that I am powerless over something that maybe he enjoyed doing. Gene Simmons begins this by saying, but how pathetic that he killed himself. Yeah, and then I he don't... gets off onto the idea of of that it is a slow death and that you are taking your life. And I mean, it's a passive way, or there's there's passive ways of killing yourself off, and there are active ways of killing yourself off. But he was saying, look, this is this is a this is a slow death. This is this is just what this does to you. And I get that he went off on that side, but I hear I hear that first sense of saying, but how pathetic that he killed himself. That's what I get upset about. Yeah, because see, and I I don't I I see that as a as as a he was sick. It's nothing being pathetic about being sick. If I have cancer and I slowly die over a couple of years, am I pathetic because I had cancer? I look I at it. No, I, I don't, you don't get it. But that's a passive. That's something you have no control over. I understand. And I'm, I'm not throwing stones at people who can't get over something. What I, what I guess I'm trying to focus on is that even if you want to focus on the idea that he called him pathetic, okay? I don't think he's trying to call him pathetic as much as the actions are pathetic. And, it, and, it's, and the actions are pathetic. You know, if I'm doing something that 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 physically harms myself on a routine basis, those actions are pathetic. E even if I can't control them, it's it's not it's not a judgment call on that person. But this is stuff that's screwing you up. And and what I what I see in this sentence is a value for life. 
He killed himself. How how pathetic that he killed himself. How sad that when he killed himself. When you're in the addiction, I don't think that you're seeing that you're killing yourself. I don't think you... Again... It's not like taking a gun and putting it to your head. I mean, when you're right. actively wrapped in it, I mean, you don't see it until <clears throat> maybe the doctor tells you or, you know, you're just looking for that feel good. I don't think you're actively trying to commit suicide. Right. And again, I'm not sure... I I, it, I guess I I don't read this as a um, as a judgment on Prince. I don't see it that way. I I almost read these words as as a sense of sadness. There's there's a sadness in this, saying this is a guy who was so incredibly talented. And and there was there was there's a there's a high value for life that we all need to have. And and how sad that this happened. Now, I mean, he could have. The word "pathetic" carries carries some connotations, and so maybe that's that's the maybe that was just a poor choice of words. But if he would have said, "But how sad that he killed himself," and said, "Don't kid yourself," that's what he did. There, there's there's a there's a sense of that that I totally get. You know, because this is a guy who influenced music like crazy. He influenced so many other artists that then came up and, and influenced music and made their own music and, and took things to, to new levels and, and different places. This, this, was a, this was a guy who inspired change in the world that he lived in. And, and I think it is sad that, that, he, that he killed himself, essentially, because oh, that's absolutely. what we're talking about. You, even when you're caught up in it and you are killing yourself slowly through, the, through, the, through whatever life well like cigarettes i just quit smoking cigarettes and when i'd go into the gas station to buy my cigarettes i have i mean i go into this one gas station all the time but i'd tell them that i was killing myself one pack at a time knowing i was doing it and would buy two of them what i mean so yeah in some aspects you do know you're doing it and and what about the 99 cent heart attack you get at the drive-thru you know I mean, these are, these are things that, <laughs> I'm sorry, just, but you're slowly taking, you're not making good choices. You're taking, you're, you're making choices that, right. are, that are affecting what your life is going to be. I mean, that's channeled towards drugs and alcohol, but you can look at it, like you said, with a 99 cent hamburger, with food or with any addiction. Right. Where you're not looking out for your best interest. Right. And you mentioned a few moments ago, though, Scott, I don't think Prince was able to ever separate himself and realize how big of an impact he was making on other artists, on his own career, all these things where you said you got to live for life. Like a disregard for life is it's almost like a selfish thing. Like what is he doing? Doesn't he realize he's doing all these things for other people? His illness didn't allow him to see that is how I look at it. So the word pathetic, every time I hear that, it does make me cringe a little bit because I definitely was in a pathetic state at the end when I hit rock bottom and I've mentioned it many times, but living in a studio condemned apartment, basically with no electricity, no running water with two other dudes in a small little space. It was just like, this is ridiculous way to live life. It's pathetic. So when it finally came crashing down, even one week sober, I could see what the hell am I doing here? But like, he never got that chance, that separation. I don't think because of his illness, I don't know if that makes sense, but like how are I didn't have any regard for my life. When I was actively using every single day, I could give a shit if I walked into the ocean and never came back out alive. That wasn't a thing. But like somebody on the scale of a prince, 
turning on the radio and hearing your own song. Like I can't even wrap my head around what that would do to someone's ego. It all comes down to like ego. Right. Like I thought I was important because I got to manage a restaurant two days a week. But meanwhile, every other day I was <laughs> waiting tables and bartending. But those two days I would put on the golf shirt and act all professional. Look at this guy. He's the manager. I didn't know what I was doing, but like <laughs> that ego immediately, like, you know what I mean? So I don't even know how anybody with that much, I don't know if power's the word or, but that much oomph is able to separate and be like, you obviously have to feel invincible being that powerful in the music industry to be like, this silly little drug's not going to take me off the planet. Right. And when you're actively in your addiction, I mean, when you, if you do make it, into a program and get yourself clean i mean a part of the step process is to go out and make amends to all those people you're hurting from your addiction i mean all the people that you hurt you don't you're not worried about the other people it is selfish whenever you're in the in the midst of it using or and one of the processes to getting sober is to go out and apologize and make your amends to all those people that you did hurt being actively out there using or drinking. Right. Well, and that's, I, I guess I do. I, I come back to just that idea that it's, it's about life, you know? Let's that say we, this that, way. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Is, you're not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you were sorry, you wouldn't have done it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> But like, I see How what you're saying. that you interrupted me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I just don't know. And it's been touched on several times, but during that going on, the value of life is the farthest thing. And I've been there to say in my own personal experience, towards the end, I didn't give a shit about life. Life wasn't like for others in my life, like family. I have nephew and nieces. At that point, when I was actively using that much every single day, having to drink all the time around the clock, the last thing I cared about was life. Mm -hmm. So like when you say like, we talk about being selfish and everything like that, it absolutely is. Even if somebody worth multi-millions of dollars and has thousands of gold and glow, all those, the records and all that thing, like if you can't separate the value of life, I don't know how it's easy enough to say, Shouldn't he have valued life? Like, shouldn't... It's hard to separate to me. And I feel like I'm now a broken record now that I've interrupted you and I don't even have a good point. That's even more... (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying it's hard to separate at any point where life is a value. Obviously, now that I've gotten a second chance on life, basically by being able to stop drinking, it's kind of nice. But at the time, you know what I mean? It's just like, my life doesn't mean anything. Like, you have a mindset where... Who cares about life? I agree. I think when, when you're caught up in it, you're caught up in it and, and you get blinded to it. But at the same time, from the outside, it's not to cast judgment. I mean, I'm the last one to want to want to cast judgment on somebody and say, man, you know, you're really screwed up. You, you suck. You know, because that's that. I, look, I'm screwed up. I got my faults. You know, I mean, I've got my junk that I that I struggle with every single day. So so it's not a judgment call on that. And it's not to say, man, how screwed up was he? Because to be honest, Everything I heard, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a huge Prince fan, but I mean, they do a lot of stuff after he dies to try and tell you about him. And all of the interviews that I have, that I heard was that he was a very humble guy. He was, he was a guy who was, who was all about trying to help others. And he was, he was trying to raise up other artists. And and if he could help somebody out, he did. 
and so I don't see him as some arrogant prick that we now now need to just like bash because because he made some bad choices and they and they ultimately took his life. It's it's not about that. And that's but it, what, but I what hear we the word pathetic. I feel like there's a little bashing going on, but again, it's just the word choice that we said. Yeah. I mean, it's like trying to say something's a scheme. You know, as soon as we say scheme, everybody thinks, oh, it's, a, it's an evil plan. Well, it's just a plan. You know, schematic. It comes Bryce from the said, word scheme. You know? said Pokemon Go is a scheme. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He did. And yeah, we sat down and recorded with him, and that was fun. But, um, but yeah, Bryce, Bryce called Pokemon Go a scheme because you got to constantly pay. Because you got to constantly give them money. It's just yeah, a scheme. It's just said. a scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> but um, but anyway, so I, I get why pathetic is a trigger word there. And I think that maybe he, you know, that was where the fault lies, is that that word choice was was used. A guy like Gene Simmons knows how to word things, too. His name and image are everywhere. If you ever see, it's ridiculous. Like, everything from a KISS lunchbox to oh, an arena yeah. football team with a KISS on the helmets. <laughs> He's all about getting out there. So when he says the word pathetic, he knows exactly, oh, I'm going to get a lot of hits and a lot of traffic for this. So maybe. Uh, that's how I see it. Maybe. Well, yeah, but see, now you're his, now see, you're just doing a flip-flop because you're trying to put that judgment onto him to say, well, he's essentially being intentional. I believe he's he not just caught up in his own his own thing of trying to get the work, get this thing out there. And I mean, it could have been just a very fast tweet that that he was fired up about what what this stuff does to the families, and he just sent this thing out there, and he wasn't trying to. Necessarily. I mean, I don't, I don't I mean know who knows? About I, him. Yeah, we're all we're all going speculation. Was was he friends with Prince? You know, because maybe he was coming from hurt from himself. You know what I mean? That he was. And to give grace to the addict to say they're caught up in something they they don't they aren't really they aren't really paying attention to what they're doing. You know, be, or they aren't they aren't grasping the full concept of it because they're caught up in it. You've got to then extend the same type of a grace as somebody who uses the word pathetic in their tweet that might be caught up in the emotions that they're feeling right now and not trying to say, hey, this will get me a lot of tweet, a lot of hits on my tweet. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to break out the next kiss lunchbox and put the word oh. pathetic on it. You know, I mean, that's, that's not what he's doing, I don't think. I right think he's just caught up lips. in it. Pathetic. Right. You know, um, because he, I'm sure he's had a lot of friends and family who have gone down this road. And, and that's what and Joey and I see on the stuff. daily basis as well. And we've talked about it previously, but it's tough when Joey and I, to stay sober, have to give away what we've learned in the rooms. And when we invest the time with individuals that appear to want it at first, because their life is in shambles, so they dive into the program and want what we have. And then a month or two down the road, things get a little bit better and we don't see them anymore. And then the next thing you know, you hear about them going back out. And it is frustrating because there are many a times where I know Joey and I personally, it's just like you want to grab the person and shake them and be like, don't you understand what's going on here? But again, I can't force anybody to get sober. I can show them what I've done, but I can't force anybody to not be pathetic and continue to slowly kill themselves. That's right. the hard part. Right. That was actually a topic this week at one of the meetings that I went to was – uh how do you help the person out there still struggling, you know? And you can't really, you can, all you can do is suggest to them, but you can't smack them upside the head with a board and say, this is where you need to be. I mean, <laughs> who am I to take their inventory, you know? But you can see it. You, you want them to be there with you. 
you want them to get what you have, but there's no force in anybody. I mean, no matter what you tell them, what you do, uh, if they're not ready, then you're talking to the wall over there. I mean, they're just not listening, not going to accept anything that you're saying. They're going to keep doing their own thing. Well, speak, okay, speaking of the word acceptance, we've mentioned that a few times now. I think this is all about acceptance, but I think you've got to, you've got to deal with acceptance on both sides. The, the addict or whoever's caught up in their junk, okay? I mean, let's get away from the idea that it has to be alcohol and drugs like what Prince was caught up in. I mean, let's, whatever your junk is, whatever, whatever's bringing you to the table to say, this is really screwing up my life and I, I just can't seem to get away from it. It's, it's this idea that there has to be something above me right? I'm not the greatest thing in the universe. If I was the greatest thing in the universe, then every decision I make would work out, right? I mean, everything would be inside of my control, and it's not. And one of the places that my mind goes is just as, as simple as it is, as, as trite as it is, is the serenity prayer. You know, just, Lord, help me to change the things that I can, accept the things that I can't, and and just yeah, for what I can't remember the whole thing right now. It's 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 killing me. But uh, <laughs> uh, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Right. So it's there's acceptance that that has to fall inside of that, and it, and you're taking life on life's terms. But this idea that some people are gonna gonna look at a situation like this and use the word pathetic is that something that I'm allowed to get to get fired up about, or? Do I have to extend to them the same type of acceptance and grace for their response as I do to the person who made these choices and, and, and is, is struggling but caught up and, and can't see the difference? Where, where do I get to separate one from the other? Because it's so hard to not take a side, right? But acceptance seems to me to be able to say, I'm not taking a side. I can't take a side because if I'm just going to accept the situation, I need to allow this person to, to deal with things in their way. And I need to allow this person to deal with things in their way. And acceptance seems to me to not take a side. And I think that is extremely hard. Next to impossible. And the big thing is, in the rooms, even though this is not a meeting, but in the meetings we talk about a lot of times, we want to attempt to achieve in all of our affairs the core principles of the program. And we even read about it. it we mentioned to try to do all these steps in all of our affairs, and it's progress, not perfection, because it is impossible. And to me, it's always that daily struggle where I immediately want to jump down Gene Simmons' throat because I don't think he can relate to the alcoholic and the addict who still suffers, especially if what you were mentioning is accurate, where he never had a problem with it. But on the other hand, you can't relate to him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're chuckling because I say absolutely I'm roughly 300 <laughs> times a day. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm laughing because I think he called you out. You were like, and oh, you, yeah, just, yeah. you agreed with him, you know? <laughs> That's why it's so he hard. He accepted it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But so, no, from personal experience, I can't see where he's coming from either. You know what I mean? Because we walked the other side of the road. You know, we had that mentality where nothing else mattered but our next drink, or you know what we were going to do next to escape reality. Where 
he didn't do that, you know, or maybe he was doing it another way without drugs and alcohol, but maybe he did it through his music or how, how he did it. I, I don't know. I can't judge him, but, uh, he definitely had a completely different perspective than what you and I have. He, he had his own junk. He had his, he had his faults. Just like Ted know? Nugent. He was the same way. Yeah. I mean, he's a hunter, you know? He'll go out and shoot anything with he a bow and arrow. He didn't do. care. Was he? I yeah. don't. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't. I didn't follow a whole lot of the Nuge. Nugent, cat in the cradle, and a silver spoon. But Scott, Nugent. you have that perspective, don't you? Wasn't that Nugent? Cat in the cradle. I thought that was Cat Stevens. You're right. That was because cat and cat. You never. I mean, you never had a drink or did drugs. Something fever. Cat scratch. cat scratch fever. That was Nugent. <laughs> so, I knew something had to do with a cat. All right, but no, I didn't. I never got. I never got caught up into that into that scene. I mean, how old you were know? you when you had your first drink? Um, I still haven't drank a beer. I've, I've had. <laughs> I've had hard cider. I'm you know? sorry. That's just funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's something you guys can't relate to, no. right? <laughs> um, but no, I still haven't. I still. I, I just never got into it. I've, I have had drank, I've drank hard cider, but again, to me, that was just like, it was, it tasted like apple, you know? So I was drinking that, but. Hard cider's delicious with a shot of vodka in it. Okay. <laughs> what? Add a little Good more. To out, <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Because the 5.9's not enough. <laughs> a little bit of a bump. <laughs> but now it's, it's, I mean, I don't even drink that now, you know? I mean, it just, it, it was something that I, that I had every once in a while and, and just never developed a, a regular part for it in my life. Then how do you, I guess, are a good example to ask, mm-hmm. as far as the tolerance of others, how are you able to keep that open mind with people like Joey and myself that obviously complete opposite side of the spectrum it seems like you are able to work that middle of the road that you talked about a moment ago where you accept both sides of things a little bit easier than most. I don't I don't know. I, I would hate to make that claim that I'm that I'm better than well, most. Because you're a humble there. guy. But I, I try my I try my very best to, to run that road to walk that line. But even I even I at my high level uh, <laughs> fail. But I I progress, not perfection. It's I, I think it's been life experiences, you know? I mean, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church that expressed God in a certain way and saw a lot of other expressions of God and heard some people saying, well, this is the only way that you can express God. And other people saying, well, this is the only way you can express God. I sat in a Christian school sitting next to other kids who were very much going to church and, and living life and, and, and claiming to follow Jesus and feeling like the, some of the stuff that I had heard at my church said that if you don't come here, then you're not saved. Like, you're not a Christian, right? Whatever terminology you want to use there, just you're not, you're not really a Christian if you don't come to our church was, the, was kind of the hidden message that, that I feel like I got. There's going to be a lot of people who, who attended that church who are going to want to argue that point with me right now um, <laughs> and say that wasn't what was, what was said. And, I, and I'll, I'll give credit to that, okay? I mean, that's, that's not what you received. But what, some of the undercurrents that I got, that was what I got. And I remember sitting in my classroom feeling, feeling sad for these other people because I thought they were going to hell 
It's like we're all sitting in this Christian classroom at a Christian school, and they claim to follow Jesus, but I'm like, yeah, but you don't come to our church, so you're going to hell, you know? And, and I remember- That's a lot of guilt to be carrying around for- Oh, my Lord, if you only knew the kind of burden that I can carry on my back. But so that, I, I feel like having, having lived through those- those experiences on my theological side and my spiritual side and Christian side, that has given me a lot of grace for others and to be able to say, yeah, but not everybody's at the same page. Not everybody gets to the same place the same way. We all are in our, we all are on this journey, just trying our damnedest to, to get through it and to make it. And, and we all have our junk. And, if if I can get to that place where I can say, yeah, but we all have our junk, then we we level the playing field. And now everything can now be talked about openly. You've got to own your junk. I was just about to say that. What's your line? Own your shit. Yeah, you got to own it. Yeah, you do. You got to own it. You got to own it. Own your shit. That's what I, I do. I say that. I say, you say it a lot. I, I say mean, it a lot. It's like, you got to own it. And as soon as you own it, I now can we, can, we can move forward. We can talk. But you got to own it. You know, and that's where we were joking you can't around sit earlier. Sit there and blame everybody else. I mean, if you, right, if you got it, it's yours. Right, take it. <laughs> yeah, because there's no moving forward if you don't. Right, and and this idea of of living life on life's terms, this idea of just being able to accept what's going on around you and who's around you, and and the fact that they're coming from a different angle it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, approve of them even go out and and hang with them. You don't have to do all that stuff. But you've got to be able to get to that place where you say they're at a different place than I am. And I can't carry their their shit. I'm dealing with mine. I'll own mine. But until they own theirs, we can't get anywhere. And even if they do own theirs, it doesn't mean that we're going to agree and be able to be best of friends. Right. It just means that that we can kind of find ways to get along. And if you don't accept it, I mean, then it turns into a resentment. And, more, more or less, yeah. And you're going to start carrying that around. And that's what you were, when you butchered the serenity prayer earlier in the podcast. Completely <laughs> butchered it. But, or, as, that granting, as you would say, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, it's kind of a nice little luxury where if something is baffling you and it's driving you crazy just throw it out there hey i have to accept that i can't change that person's views and there's a lot of that i know when i first got sober i may have mentioned in the past but i still bartended the first six months i was sober hmm. every single patron i was convinced was an alcoholic i was taking their inventory up and down <laughs> <laughs> which makes for a horrible bartender <laughs> you're cutting somebody off halfway through their first beer because you think they've had too much <laughs> But like I had to accept that not everybody's an alcoholic. I had to accept that, hey, some people are actually able to have one and a half beers. I don't know what that is all about, but <laughs> I can accept that and move on. Like the serenity prayer was huge when I first started. And we don't even say the full thing, but just accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. Mm. So if there is somebody that is struggling, I can extend the hand because I know kind of what they're going through. It is hard for me even to this day to reach out to the other side. I don't know if that's the whole progress, not perfection, or the daily working on it, but when I hear something or somebody that isn't an alcoholic or an addict call somebody else pathetic for it, 
that's where it's like hard for me to extend and being like, well, maybe Gene doesn't understand it's an illness. Right. Obviously, in my opinion, I don't think he does know. <laughs> we, should, again, we should give him a call. Let's call him up right now. We'll ask him. I got his number. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, so I think, what, what about the pitfalls of not being able to accept? Where, where does it go if, you, if you're not able to accept? That's what Joey just touched on a moment ago. It can lead to some pretty nasty resentments in a hurry. And a resentment is the one-liner that I always hear. It's like drinking a glass of poison and expecting the other person to die. I mean, you're walking around with that, and uh, you can have that hate for that person or hate what they're doing, and it pisses you off real bad, and they're walking around like, la-di-da, looking at the sky. <laughs> they don't even know you're mad at them. I mean, I had a prime example of a kid I went to high school with uh, that one of my cousins was hanging out with, and uh, he was like, why don't you give him a call sometime? He's like, oh, because he's mad at me from something I did back in high school. And when that was brought to my attention, I'm like, what the hell are you even talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, High like, school? You're holding on to that from 17 years ago? I, like, I have no clue what you did. <laughs> Nor do I care. Come on, man. <laughs> Let's go. Like, damn, like you've been holding on to that for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, and I could say that I've done the same exact thing. Oh, yeah, I have. Know? I have. But for him to bring that up to me, and it, it showed me the other side of it. It's like, wow, that was. You were worried about that when you saw me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have not a clue. And that's that poison. He drank that poison. Right. Expecting the other person to die. You know what I mean? When Facebook has been has been hard for me on that level, at least, at least when Facebook first started, and, and I, yeah, I guess even still to today, because some of those old high school relationships, they're, they're so embedded in you, you know, of like... Okay, not every relationship was a good one, right? And I keep saying relationship, but I mean, friend. You had friends. You had people that that bullied you. You had people that um, that you bullied. You've got, you know, I mean, you you take all of that stuff. I mean, it's just called normal life. What we called back then normal life, anyways. But I mean, I I was a I was a punk on on to some kids. You know, I mean, there was there was a kid on my bus that I. I used to do everything I could just to try and to try and mess with him. And I don't even know why, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I, I did. taller than you, Scott? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I didn't hit my growth spurt until like ninth grade. Okay. So leave me alone. So I know there were certain kids that I was a punk to, and there were other kids that were punks to me. And it's like, we just called that life back then. You know, I mean, that's, we didn't get into this whole concept of bullying. Bullying. Right. But I know I look back and, and some of these high school relationships are there and I'm like, oh, but what I remember of that person is this, you know, and I don't, I don't allow them the same aspect for change to say, well, they're not the same person that they were in high school, you know, because, because it's so easy to just make those judgments or the stuff that I'm carrying around, either that I've done to people or that I feel like they did to me. And so I'm still holding on to that bitterness and that that idea of, okay, well, you're this way to me, so I'm going to ignore you, give the cold shoulder and all that stuff, instead of just going, hey, yeah, you know, we... And I mean, my, my school was so small that you knew everybody. But you, you graduated know? third, didn't you? I did graduate class? third in my class. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment. <laughs> I won't that's... tell you my number, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure if we did the ratios, we'd be about the same place. 
I, I was third out of eight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so third doesn't really rank all that He's great. In the top you know? 50%. I was in top fifty. That's more than I can say. But yeah. when when you've got eight, you don't even have a top ten. You know, so <laughs> top ten percent? No, no, not really. I love that joke. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. Though. He just laughs at my reality. <laughs> but I am proud to say I was third. <laughs> well, because you got me on that one. So you're like, yeah, I graduated third in my class. I'm like, no way. That's awesome. Like, there was only eight kids in my class. I'm like, oh, that's still awesome. <laughs> but not as. <laughs> you graduated. Great. <laughs> Sounds like you struggled. (laughs) (laughs) We'll wrap this up. I think we've hit most of this stuff, but we do want to let you know that we do have a website out there. It's thisisnotameeting.com. If you go to the website, you can listen directly from the website, or there's there's buttons on there you can click on to get to the app that you use to uh, listen to podcasts. It's iTunes, it's Google Play, it's TuneIn, it's Stitcher. We've got we've got some of those buttons there. You just click on them, boom, takes you right where you need to be, and you can subscribe. Uh, subscribing is actually the best way to do it, simply because you automatically get that download. So every Tuesday, whenever the episode comes out, you can be the first on your block to be listening to This Is Not A Meeting, um, where you can get the kind of wisdom that only the three of us can bring to you. Absolutely. (laughs) And if you really want to, you can drop us a review, too. Yes. Yeah, we love reviews. They they really do help. When you do review the show, make sure you leave it right below Tim's. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't even mention Tim this week. Tim, we're so sorry. We ask you, continue to share this stuff, if you would, because sharing it, honestly, that's it's, it's not about us, and it's not about us trying to reach a certain number of, of listeners. It's not about anything like that. What, we're trying to reach the folks who need, who need to hear some, some stuff that's going to help them to get through some of the things that they're struggling through and the challenge that they're facing. So that's really what it's about. We, we just have a lot of fun talking and, and, and bringing up some of these things and talking about the subjects. Um, but we've gotten some of the feedback already of some folks who are saying, hey, I'm really I really appreciate this. You know, I was struggling and this this helped. Big Joe's Towing is one of our sponsors and we have him sitting at the table. You can find him on Facebook at Big Joe's Towing. Uh, we also have picked up another sponsor, FTBA. You can find them at ftbateam.com. It stands for fun to be around. They have graciously given us some some space and some time to be able to record and so we appreciate that from them. That's about it. Guys, do you have anything else that you want to add in? Everybody have a great week out there, and we'll see you next time. 